So welcome to church once again. I'm glad you have joined us today. I pray that as you listen to this word, God will help you grow and mature in your spiritual life and that you will be able to live a life that glorifies God every day. Amen. See, the only purpose of our life, the purpose of our existence on earth is to glorify God. So as long as we live on earth, as long as we live on earth, we must always seek to serve God. Always seek, always think, how can I serve God today? How can I live a life that honors Him? How can I live a life that is an example to others? So our life matters and how we live out God's purposes matters. And one thing also that matters the most is how our mind is. We've been talking about the mind for the last couple of weeks, for the last three weeks. And when it comes to serving God, when it comes to fulfilling His purposes for our life, it matters how our mind is. Because scientists say like this, they say, where your mind goes, your life follows. Where your mind goes, your life follows. So if your mind is in the right place, then you'll be able to serve God effectively. If your mind is in the right place, you'll be able to live out God's purposes for your life. But if your mind is in the wrong place, you won't be able to serve God. You won't be able to serve God in an effective way. Maybe you'll be able to do something for God, but eventually everything will turn into a failure. But if your mind is set on the right things, if your mind is set on things that are above, if your mind is working effectively, I tell you, then you will be able to live a life that glorifies and serves God's purpose on this earth. I don't know where you are in this journey of life. I don't know what you might be experiencing. Maybe you are experiencing some disturbed thoughts. For some of you, you lie down but you're unable to sleep because of all the random thoughts that are running in your mind. Some of you realize, okay, you know what, this is what the problem is and, and you try to fix it, you read the Bible, you pray, you fast and pray, you go to uh, one pastor to another pastor to pray but, but after all of that, after all your efforts, you still find yourself in that place where your mind is filled with negative thoughts, mind is filled with random thoughts that you're unable to rest in the night. I don't know where you are, but I believe no matter what you're going through, no matter what mental struggles you're facing today, God has a solution for you. I believe God is going to speak to us through his word that will help us renew our mind and overcome the thoughts that are destroying our life. Amen. So come along with me as I, as I share this with you on how to subject our mind to God's will. How to subject our mind to God's will. Last week I shared with you that when it comes to the matters of dealing with our mind, the Bible often asks us to take an action. The Bible asks us to take an action. What the Bible encourages is set your mind on things that are above. Renew your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Which means that if we have to bring our mind under God's will and purpose, then we have to subject our mind. In other words, we have to control our mind and subject it to God's will. We have to subject it to God's will. Now you may think, you know what, is, this, is it really this? Is it really possible? Is it really possible to control our mind? Is it really possible to control my mind? Let me tell you, yes, it is possible to control your mind. You see, the very fact that we are thinking of something all the time shows that we are in control. And you may think, how is my random thought in control? The very reason you are having random thoughts is because you've allowed your mind to think that way. You've allowed your mind to think that way. We are in control of our mind because we think we do what we want to do. 
we decide what we decide because we think we have a thought in our mind we engage in the things that we like to do because we are thinking our mind is active it's under our control all these activities you know that that everyday activities that we do tell us that our mind is under our control sometimes we would like to believe that my mind is out of my control the truth is it's not out of your control it is still under your control and what the bible encourages us to do is to subject your mind bring your mind under god's submission amen i tell you church if you can learn how to control tame and subject your mind then you can live a victorious life in christ jesus if you can learn how to control your mind you will live a life that is blessed in christ jesus amen Researchers say like this that an average person, a normal human being, can think about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Can you imagine 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day? And research goes on to say that 80% of those thoughts are negative. 80% of those thoughts are negative. I just wonder, you know, I just wonder, what if we could use this wonderful mind that God has given us to think about His Word? what if we could use this amazing mind that god has given us to meditate on a scripture just think how different our life would be but sadly what we do is we think about thoughts that worry us thoughts that cause fear thoughts that make us grow weak the the reason why we have this feeling of hopelessness in our life is because we think about what didn't happen to us we we think of all the hopeless things we think of negative things in our life and researchers say that more than 80% of our thought are just negative thoughts just imagine if you could switch that and then just think of godly things if you can meditate on scripture our life will be so much more amazing we will be able to do great accomplishments great things for the lord no matter what you're going through church no matter what hopeless feeling that you're having no matter what worries your heart is filled with no matter what kind of random thoughts you're struggling with i believe that god wants you to overcome that and i believe that you can overcome that in the name of jesus amen if you have your bibles with me uh, with you uh, bibles with you please turn with me to second corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 i'm going to share from this passage second corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Amen. It's a beautiful verse and if you are on the Bible app or if you are if you're carrying a hard a uh, hard copy of the Bible just underline the last line take every thought captive to obey Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 Paul writes these words in a letter that he sent to the church at Corinth and in this chapter 10 he he writes defending his ministry because what happened is that the people at church of Corinth were speaking bad about Paul if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 Paul says like this I Paul myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ I whom I am humble when face to face with you but bold toward you when I'm away. Verse 2 I beg of you that when I'm present I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. So there was a problem here that Paul is dealing with. The problem is this. Let me explain this in a nutshell. 
When Paul wrote the letters to the church at Corinth, his letters were very strong. When you read Paul's letters, you'll be trembling. His letters were heavy. But when it came to meeting Paul in person, he was actually a very soft person. He didn't seem like the person who wrote that letter. Because when you read his letter, you'll be trembling with fear. But when you see him, he's not that impressive. He's not that fearful. And so people were you know, commenting and mocking at him or saying about him, saying he looks impressive. He, he's just impressive in his letters. But in person, he's not that impressive. And so what they did is they, they, they disregarded him. They, they just, you know, kind of looked down at Paul, the apostle. Today we read about Paul's life and, you know, there are so many scholars who invest their lives in just reading Paul's letters. And they, they see him as one of the greatest scholars in the biblical times. And, 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 and you see back in the day in the church of Corinth, they were like mocking at him. Who is this guy? Uh, he's not impressive. He, he's just strong in his letters, but when you see him in person, he, he does not have that physical attractiveness that will draw uh, people to him. What the church at Corinth was looking for is that they expected a leader that looked very impressive. The, the, they expected a leader that has the personality to attract them. But Paul didn't have that. And so in many ways they disregarded him. And some did not even accept him as an apostle. So in response to all of this, Paul writes to them saying in verse 3, of the same chapter, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. And then he goes on to verse 5 and says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. What Paul says to the church at Corinth is this. Corinth church expected him to be more physically influential and dominant. But Paul says, hey, listen, this is not our purpose. This is not what we do. We are not into the business of attracting people. But rather, we destroy every argument, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of Christ. And then he goes on to say, take every thought captive to Christ. Take every thought captive to Christ. What he means by that last statement is that he goes on to tell the church at Corinth saying that as Christians, we are not weak and helpless. But rather, we can choose to stop our thoughts and bring them into captivity. We can bring every thought captive to obey Christ. Be it whatever kind of thoughts. Thoughts of lust, greed, anger, bitterness, evil thoughts. Everything can be brought into captivity in obedience to Christ. So when the Corinthians heard this statement, it would have made them rethink what they said. Because according to, Paul, according to them, Paul was a very weak man. But Paul says, no, 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 no. We may look weak according to you, but this is who we are. This is who we are. We are the ones who take every thought captive to Christ. The, the problem with the church at Corinth always was that, uh, you know, they always had their one leg in the world and one, one leg in, in the church. So they were, you know, always in those two boats, traveling in those two boats. And they were judging men of God, apostles, according to the standards of the world. But what Paul makes it clear is this, that he is capable of destroying every false thoughts and he is capable of bringing them into Christ. The point that Paul is driving home is that the Corinth church had always had this adulteration happening in them. They were mixing with the world. And so Paul makes it clear that we in Christ are able to do this. We may look weak according to you, but rather in Christ we are strong and we are able to bring every thought 
that you are having every opinion that you are having we're able to bring everything under the subjection of christ so this statement is not like a statement of boast but rather it is a statement that tells us what a person listen to this carefully this statement tells us what a person in christ is capable of in other words what we learn from the statement is this when we are in christ god gives us the ability to bring our thoughts captive and subject to him let me say that again in other words when we are in christ god gives us the ability to bring our thoughts and subject those thoughts to him as christians you know we don't have to let our mind run loose we can bring it into captivity under christ we often think oh i have this uncontrollable thought i just can't stop thinking about it no let me tell you this we can control our thoughts we can take our mind captive to obey christ we can bring every thought into subjection to christ we can do that you may say pastor what you're saying sounds good you know it sounds great but i'm not sure if i can do that i'm not sure if i can apply that in my life let me tell you it is possible when we are in christ god gives us the strength to bring our thoughts all these random thoughts all these negative thoughts into subjection to christ into subjection to christ i remember last night when i heard the news that my dad was uh in the hospital and they're doing angiogram it it my mind went back to the past because uh you know one of the reasons i i do talk about false teaching is that um i would say in many ways and i've shared this with the church before that in many ways my family uh, my brother and i are still paying the price for uh, you know false doctrines that worked in the church in the early days uh, in a big way in my dad's ministry there were there were pastors over him who 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 did not teach the right gospel who just used their people manipulation techniques and false doctrine to teach what they want to teach and benefit themselves and uh, you know so so i just sometimes i go back and think you know how my dad was deceived by all these people and how they took advantage of him and when he was going through these tough times my mind immediately went back to all those people who have deceived him cheated him and immediately you know that 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 anger started building up in me i'm like i just wish i could do something you know all these thoughts start coming into my mind and but but immediately i said you know what i'm not going to think of the past i'm not going to think of the past and when that was happening i began to realize that we are able to control our thoughts we are able to control our thoughts a lot of times when negative thoughts come to us when anger comes to us about the past we will say okay you know what let me think about it or let me talk about it the moment a negative thought comes a moment a memory of the past comes you start to talk about it to someone it'll grow but rather if you immediately pray and submit that negative thought to the lord what is happening is you're bringing that thought under control through the help of god you're bringing that thought under control through the strength that god gives many times we are not able to control our thoughts because we are letting it loose it's like you know our thought is like this wild beast that is running and we're just letting it loose we're just letting it go and that is why we are struggling with uncontrollable thoughts reality is that you can bring it to subjection that you can take every thought captive as god's children as a person who believes in god i tell you god will give you the strength to control the thoughts that you have in your mind you can subject everything to christ himself amen
So I want to share with you two ways through which you can subject your mind to God's will and God's purpose. Two ways through which you can control your mind and subject it to God's will and purpose. And uh, these two principles are going to be a practical one and I, I'd like to share with you in practical ways as much, much as possible. And if you have any questions regarding this, please do send me a message and uh, let me know if you have any questions regarding these things. The first way to bring our mind under, under the control of God is this. The first step is self-evaluation. Please write this down. The first step to bring our mind under God's control is self-evaluation. Self-evaluation. If you like to bring your thoughts under control, thoughts under captivity, then you have to self-evaluate yourself. You have to continuously examine yourself. In other words, you have to examine your thoughts. You have to examine your thoughts. You see, when we are in a conversation with someone, even when you're speaking to them face to face, even when you're speaking to them physically, person to person, but mentally, you can distance yourself and you can glance over that conversation. You can observe what is happening. For example, right now, as I'm preaching to you, a part of me is evaluating what I'm speaking. A part of me is hearing what I'm speaking. A part of me is telling that this wasn't effective or this was effective. There is this mental thing that we can do. We can examine our thoughts. We can think about what we're thinking. I hope you're getting that. Self-evaluation is important. This sort of self-evaluation is really important. Self-evaluation is really important. Someone said like this, that an unexamined life, an unexamined life is not worth living. If you and I are living a life where we are not evaluating what we think, if you and I are living a life where we are not evaluating our thoughts, then we are doing something wrong with our mind. In other words, we are letting it loose, just thinking of whatever it wants to think. Often what happens is the mistake we do is that we assume, we assume that we are walking on a good path. We assume that everything is okay. We assume that just because we have like this great electrifying experience when we pray, we assume everything is okay. The biggest mistake we do is we live under an assumption. But rather, you know, the way to live life is that we have to constantly examine ourselves. We have to examine ourselves in accordance to God's word. We have to look at our life and, and examine it with scriptures. Let me say that again. We should constantly examine ourselves. We should constantly look at our life and examine it with scriptures. We have to look at our life and evaluate the thoughts that we are having. The thoughts that we are having. If you look at the life of David, David prays like this in Psalm 139 verse 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my thoughts. Try me and know my thoughts. What is Psalm is saying? Search me, God, and know my thoughts. Try me and know my thoughts. What is the psalmist doing here? He is opening himself up for an examination. He's telling God, evaluate me. Search me. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. If you read Psalm 26 verse 2, he says like this, Psalm 26 verse 2, Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. What is the psalmist doing here? Examining himself. He's examining himself with the help of God. He's opening himself up and saying, God, you know what? Help me. How is my life today? Am I, am I doing well? Is my thoughts okay? Are my actions okay? 
am am i speaking the right thing we have to evaluate ourselves and it all begins with eval opening ourselves up to that see many times we are not open to scrutiny it's like we want solution but we don't want to share <laughs> we we want like you know god to do something in our life but we don't want to self evaluate ourselves you don't we don't want to see where we stand you look at the life of david one of the unique things about his life is that he he asked god saying god test me what is there in me is there something wrong with me see god didn't come to david saying god uh, uh, god didn't come to david and say david i want to test you today come to my clinic or come to my office god didn't say that but david himself opens him up and say god test me know my thoughts the kind of self evaluation that we have to do is we have to evaluate our life with the standard of scripture am i living in accordance with scripture where is my life today you see the reason why our thought life is out of control is because of a lack of self examination we somehow become so overconfident with our life that we think whatever i say is right whatever i think is good whatever we we do is the right thing i tell you if you live like that if you think like that you are doing a, you're you're committing a big mistake in your life because an uncon- an unexamined life is a dangerous life you have to evaluate what you're thinking you have to evaluate your actions you have to check to see if my actions if my actions matches with the word of god if my thinking matches the word of god if we do not evaluate ourselves i tell you we will keep falling into sin over and over and over again eventually we will lose we will become numb to sin we won't even have that sensitivity to the holy spirit many times we think okay you know what whatever i do is right whatever i think is right i don't know if you have met such people but i've met such people dangerous people to hang out with we 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 end up thinking whatever i do is the right thing we have to understand as a human being we are prone to making mistakes if we think whatever i do is right whatever i say is right then we are allowing our minds to do whatever it wants to do and remember this the mind in its default state will always work against the principles of god the principles of this world let me tell you that's a dangerous life an unexamined life a life without an examination is not worth living what we can learn from the life of david is that he often thought about how he is living he evaluated his life his actions his thoughts his intentions he kept examining them and asking them god test me try me know my thoughts he examined himself and you look at his life you see no wonder david was called as a man after god's own heart which actually means a man who does god's will you see the biggest hindrance to doing god's will i'll tell you the biggest hindrance to doing god's will is an unexamined mind if we do not check our life then we cannot accomplish god's will but if we examine every day then you will be able to accomplish god's will the biggest hindrance to accomplishing god's will and purpose is an unexamined mind how are your thoughts today is it in accordance to god's word or is it in accordance to the world if it is in accordance to the world i tell you you cannot fulfill god's will and purpose it's it's nice to say i want to live for jesus i want to do this for him but but again if you are if your thoughts are not examined not evaluated you cannot live for god the moment you ask god to help 
the moment you allow god to to work in your life the moment you ask god to remove the thoughts that are against his plan i tell you you are bringing the th- those thoughts in submission to him those thoughts in submission to him dr carolyn leaf who is a christian and a cognitive neuroscientist she talks about this 10 second rule she says the effective way to control our mind is this commune with god every 10 seconds commune with god every 10 seconds which means we may be doing something we may be working studying or doing our job whatever but every 10 second get into this habit of communing fellowshipping with the lord every 10 second not every one every sunday not every uh, bible study or or life group session but every 10 seconds of your life keep communing with the lord keep seeking him keep asking for his life now this doesn't mean that you have to stop whatever you're doing every 10 every 10 seconds and and pray it doesn't mean that what it actually means is that no matter what you're doing what it means is that no matter what you're doing as you're doing it mentally take that 10 second and focus on god because here's the truth the more you focus on god god will help you focus on other things also he'll make you more effective every 10 seconds if you like keep checking on god saying god i want to praise you i want to glorify your name how are my thoughts today uh, am i am i doing the right thing when you keep doing that when you keep having the 10 second communion the the 10 second fellowship with the lord uh, every happening every 10 second in your life your life will be amazing a life will be a blessed one because as you do that you will be more open for examination and that communion with the lord will help you change your mind completely psalmist says prove me o lord and try me test my heart and my mind when you do that you will be able to come under the subjection of the holy spirit your mind will come under control Amen. Remember this church, your mind is under your control. Unless you take an action, unless you self-evaluate yourself, you open up yourself, it's not going to change. Don't don't wait for someone to come. Don't blame people for what happened in your life. You cannot keep blaming and living forever. You've got to change the way you are living and I believe God will help you do that. Amen. Second point. Second point. Second step in the process. of controlling your mind how do you bring your mind under god's control how do you subject your mind how do you take thoughts captive second point second point is this self regulate yourself self regulate self regulation please write this point down the second point is self regulate self regulation there is a philosophy that the world teaches just think positive don't think anything negative just think positive even if you're sick keep saying that you are healed even if you're weak keep saying that you're strong sometimes you know such ideas are also entered into the church just speak only positive don't say you're sick but just speak words of faith that you are healed now here's something i learned and i want to share this with you cognitive neuroscientists say that such a philosophy is very dangerous for our brains it is very dangerous for our mental health just speaking positive you know don't say that you're sick don't say that you don't have this but just confess that you already have it cognitive neuroscientists say that it is one of the the dangerous things we can do to our brains it's one of the most destructive things let me explain this to you what happens is this that what happens is that when you speak just positive words what you're doing is this you are not dealing with the problem but you're but you're just covering it up 
when you're just speaking positive words, you are not dealing with the issue, but we're just putting a band-aid, like a nice bandage over the issue. We are just covering it. And, and what happens is that the, we will be speaking positive words on one side. We'll be saying, oh no, I'm healed or I have this, I, I have all this. We'll be speaking all these words. But in reality, what will be happening to us is that a negative thought is just covered up. And the negative thoughts or the hurt or the wound or whatever it is, is not healed, but it's just covered up and kept in the side. Covered up and kept in the side. You know, this, this past week something happened. There was something stinking in my kitchen, in our kitchen. And I was wondering, what is this? And I thought, okay, maybe something else. And I just walked by. And my family saw this yesterday. And she saw that one of the milk packets we had for Jeremy had, had opened up. And because of that, it started smelling. And, and you know, I, I can look at that and just ignore and walk by. And I cannot go around saying, you know, milk dis uh, I cannot go out and say that, you know, my house is, house is smelling really good. I cannot speak positive things. If I'm speaking positive things, I'm ignoring the issue that is already there. So cognitive neuroscientists say that if you just speak positive things, you're not dealing with the issue. And because you're not dealing with the issue, that issue is going to grow bigger one day that you won't be able to contain it. It's going to harm your mental health. It's going to harm your brain. Because what will happen is eventually, if we don't deal with that negative, maybe a past memory, or maybe a hurt, or maybe something that is bad for us, if we don't deal with it, sooner or later, we'll go back into it again. If it's a sin, we'll fall back into that sin again. If it's an addiction that we're just covering up, we'll fall into that sin again. Because one day, negative things are going to show up. Just saying positive words is not going to heal you, it's not going to change your life. Just imagine a person who has big wounds, big, big hurt in their body. You see the hurt, but they're saying, you know what, I'm not hurt, I'm, I'm, I'm alright. By, by saying that the wound doesn't get covered up. You've got to do what you've got to do. You've got to give the medication. You've got to you know, do things to clean up the wound. You've, you have to do the right thing to recover yourself. You just can't keep speaking positive words and, and escape the reality. Many, many times what we do is this, we, we make faith, we mistake faith to be a positive confession. We use faith to just make a positive confession. No, no, we have to understand this, faith in God gives the ability to deal with the trouble. It does not give you the ability to escape the trouble, but gives you the ability to deal with the trouble. Not to escape from the trouble. So, so to bring our minds under captivity and subjection, we have to control our thoughts by self-regulation, which means we have to deal with the issues in our life. Because the issues that we have, the negative thoughts we have, actually take up real space in our brain. Issues are real, they are physical, and, so, and also they are spiritual. And they have an impact over our life. They have a spiritual impact. That is why... If we do not deal with that sin in our life and if we just see, keep covering it up, we cannot spend time in prayer because that sin will keep showing up. But on the outside, you'll put up a show saying, you know what, everything is alright. If you do not deal with your sin, if you do not deal with your addictions, if you do not deal with your past memories and just cover it up, it is going to come up one day and you won't be able to handle it. Faith does not give us the ability to just make a positive confession, escape the reality, but faith gives us the ability to deal with the trouble that comes our way. That is why Paul says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. 
He's not saying, oh, we just speak positive things, but no, no, no. That's the worldly philosophy. We walk by faith. We deal with problems by faith. We, we deal with every situation by faith. We take every thought captive by faith. We deal with the habits, the addictions, whatever it is. Secret sins, we deal with it. And then we live for Christ. Faith gives us the ability to do, do that. We have to self-regulate our life. We have to deal with the issues. If you read Psalm 51, Psalmist David wrote, the, wrote this psalm when he committed adultery. I know I'm going beyond time, but I just ask that you bear with me for a couple of minutes uh, and I'm in the last part of the sermon. Psalm 51, Psalmist David writes this when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, with another man's wife. And, and see, David as a king had every right. Every, he had every thing to, you know, right to, um, uh, to cover up his sin. Because he was a king, the supreme ruler of the land. He can do whatever he wants. Nobody will even question him. Nobody can question him. But look at the life of David. He is very different. In Psalm chapter 51, verse 1, he says like this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. And then he goes on to say, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You, you see the life of David? He's not covering it up. Rather, he's confessing to the Lord and saying, God, deal with me. I have a sin in my life. That is how you deal with issues in your life. You don't cover it up. Verse 3, he says like this, For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. What is he saying? I know my transgressions. Some of us do not know what we are doing, but we just cover it up and just speak words of faith. It's not going to change your life. It's going to make it worse. David says, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And then verse 4, he says, against you, you only have I sinned. I'm going to skip to verse 7. Verse 7, he says like this, purge me with his soap and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 14, he says like this, Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. What is Psalmist David doing here? He's dealing with his sin, dealing with his troubles. He's not confessing positive words over his life, but he's honest before God. Whatever your struggles are, be honest, deal with it. Be honest and deal with it. I, I want to say this very clearly. See, as a church, we exist to help people. And oftentimes I talk to people and ask them, you know, uh, what is it that you're going through? And I tell you, many times people don't open up their mouth because they want to protect their self-image. See, as, as, as a pastor, as, as people in the ministry, we are praying for you. And as we pray for you, God, God says, you know, just go and talk to that person. And we come, you know, take our time and talk with you. But people don't want to open their mouth and say what they're going through. Why? Because they want to protect their image. You don't deal with your sins, you are not going to prosper. Let me tell you. You don't deal with your, with your past memories, you are not going to prosper. Just because you can speak positive words over your life, it doesn't mean it changes anything. It does nothing. What God desires from our life is to deal with the sin. Is to deal with that addiction. Some of you are not able to overcome your addiction because you don't deal with it. You just want to cover it up. It's not going to do anything. That is why your mind is out of control. You're just covering up everything. Your mind is out of control. Unless you self-regulate yourself. Unless you tell the Lord, God, this is my issue. Deal with me. Psalmist David is saying, blot out my transgression. 
this this man had every right to cover up his sin every he had every privilege every he can do whatever he wants he's a king of a nation but he look at his life something to learn from he opens him up sir opens himself up to the lord and says god deal with me where is my life today what am i doing purge me with his soap and i shall be clean that should be our prayer we should self regulate ourselves and ask god god deal with this deal with this issue in my life deal with that so that i become better we should ask god and god will make us a better person because here's something scientific about this dealing with the issues in life and here's what scientists say the moment you become aware of a problem what happens is that that problem in your brain becomes weak listen carefully the moment you are aware of a problem what happens is that the problem that is in your stored in your brain that issue now becomes weak the issue now becomes weakened and as a result what scientists say is that whatever is weak in your brain can be changed whatever is weak in your brain can be changed so so think of this carefully listen to me positive thoughts will ignore the negative things in your life will just focus on all the nice things but when you biblically examine your mind when you deal with the issues what happens is your that those thoughts those memories of the past those sins that are taking up a space in your life in your brain will become weak and what is weak can be easily dealt with but on the other hand if you're just thinking of positive thoughts the negative things in you the the the, the sin the addiction will keep growing stronger and stronger and stronger by the day and it will become more and more difficult for you to deal with it the way you can control your mind is by dealing with the mistakes dealing with the issues dealing with the memories of the past and giving it to the lord saying god work in my life when we do that when we self regulate ourselves our mind will be under control stop telling yourself that you cannot change your habits stop telling yourself that you are going to be this way forever no you can change your habits you can change your life you can fix those issues you can do that by becoming aware of those issues by and asking god to help fix it that's what david did he didn't cover up but dealt with the issue he dealt with the sin don't escape from your addiction but deal with your addiction by doing that you are self regulating your life but at the same time you are asking god for help you look at david's life in first kings chapter 15 verse 5 this is what god says about david david did what was right in the eyes of the lord and did not turn aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life except in the matter of uriah the hittite again uriah is bathsheba's husband so you see what god tells about david so amazing david did what was right in the eyes of the lord and did not turn aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life all the days of his life this is the certificate god gives him he he was a man after my heart obeyed me why he's a man who examined himself he's a man who self regulated his life you see an example out of his life he's saying god test me and when it comes to psalm 51 he is open about his sin sin god saying blot out my transgressions against you have i sinned deal with it lord purge me of this so i'll be clean many times we just become too spiritual just by ignoring the reality ignoring the things that are happening to us let me remind you you don't become spiritual by escaping the issue but you become spiritual by working on it and asking god for help and when you do that when you do that when you self evaluate yourself and self regulate your mind will be under control
Your mind will be under control. Amen. Why don't we look into the Lord in prayer? I don't know where your life might be today. I don't know what you might be going through. But I believe God wants you to fix your life. Fix where you stand. Self-evaluate. Open up yourself for scrutiny. God has also placed counselors over your life. Remember this. I believe this is for someone very specific. God has placed counselors over your life. God has placed pastors over your life. Don't reject that. If you reject that, your mind is going to be out of control. God has given you the help that you need. Self-evaluate. Self-regulate. Self-examine yourself. Regulate yourself. See what you're doing. Be open. Confess to the Lord and He will help you. He will help you. If possible, meet someone, your local leaders. Go and ask them, I need help. Be open. Find someone whom you can trustworthy, who is trustworthy, whom you can share. Share with them. Your life will be changed. Your mind will be under control. Amen. If you're someone who is struggling with your mind, I, I want to ask that you lay your hands on your head or on your chest. Whatever possible. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Father in heaven, we want to come into your presence for everyone who is struggling with uncontrollable thoughts. We pray that Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit. That they would have the wisdom to self-evaluate and to self-regulate themselves. Oh, help them, Jesus. Help them, Lord. Help the Master. God, help them to know that it's okay to be honest. It's okay to be open and, and deal with the issues rather than covering it up. Help them, Lord, to understand. The enemy has been deceiving them, telling them, you know what? Your life, gonna, life is going to be this way forever. And I pray that, Lord, that through your Spirit, they will be able to identify the issues and fix them, O oh Lord. That they will be able to fix those issues in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh Lord of glory. Break every bondage of the evil one right now. Whatever issues, Lord, we, we know that it is, it can be broken in your name. In Jesus' name, destroy the strongholds, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. I don't know what you might be struggling with, but I believe God has spoken to you through, through His Word. And, uh, and please do put this into practice. Don't take this too lightly. Don't let your mind run out of control. Your mind can be controlled by you. God has given you the wisdom, the strength, ability to do that. Use that and ask God for help. Open up yourself. Ask God for help. Regulate yourself. Ask God to cleanse yourself cleanse your issues he will deal with it no matter what past you have it can be healed in Jesus name don't think it cannot be healed it absolutely can be healed in Jesus name amen so God bless you let's let's look into the Lord for benediction may the love of the Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us for now and forevermore amen and amen, amen.